You're listening to a podcast from City Tribe Media. We're an urban tribe who helps people who feel far from God to know Jesus, cultivate freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. We're also a diverse tribe who welcomes everyone from bikers to bankers, PhDs to GEDs, every age, race, and walk of life. So whether you're a longtime Christ follower or a spiritual investigator, we hope you're encouraged through our content. Enjoy today's teaching. Well, it's great to be worshiping with you guys here in the Cameo, as well as those of you that are joining us online. And if you've been around here for any length of time, you know that we tend to like to, you know, laugh and we don't take ourselves too seriously here during our sermons and during our services from time to time. But today's subject matter is actually going to be pretty heavy. So I wanted to kind of prepare you for that. Uh, so anybody like country music, you know, depressing country music? Okay, you're going to be okay if you like country music. Uh, anybody like the new Batman movie? It's kind of dark. You're going to be okay during this uh, service. Uh, anybody like like the Twilight movies or Depeche Mode, the band Depeche Mode? You're going to be okay as well gonna, if you like dark stuff like that because we're going to be talking about morning loss. And by the way, next Sunday, if you want to join up with with or get more information about our compassion team to help people go through stuff, then by all means show up next Sunday and, and that meeting, informational meeting will be after the last service. And then today, if you need to talk to someone or really have someone listen to you, then go outside the bereavement group that'll be right outside as well as our prayer leaders to pray with folks that uh, would desire that after the service. But let's pray and ask God to help us in this heavy topic today, shall we? God, we, we say we need your help. Holy Spirit, welcome to heal our hearts and help us work through the losses that we've encountered over the past couple of years. And so we welcome you by your spirit, Jesus, to move through this place in our hearts. And we're seeking you today. In your name we pray, Jesus, everyone said, amen. Well, if you've been here over the past few weeks, you know we've been in this series of teachings called Peace Practices, where we're trying to practice the peace of Jesus in our hearts and in our souls. And one of the reasons that we do a series like this that's related to emotional or mental health every year is because me teaching it helps me maintain my emotional health, you know? Uh, I've had to teach this stuff and keep up with this kind of stuff so that I can maintain my own emotional peace. You know, and a few years ago, what I learned about myself when I was taking an assessment, it was an emotional health assessment, I learned that one of the things that has stunted my emotional health is my inability to mourn losses. Inability to mourn losses. Now, I got a lot of help from a guy named Pete Scazzaro, who's written a couple of books. He's written a lot of books. And one of them is Emotionally Healthy Church, the other one, Emotionally Healthy Spirituality. And I've read several other books by Scazzaro, and you'll see some of his content in my talk today. But one of the things that I've noticed is that there's kind of four different things we're mourning right now. Uh, one is we're mourning the death of friends and loved ones. The, the first time that I realized that something was wrong with the world was when I was a little boy and my papa passed away. That's what I called my grandfather. He was a hero to me. You know, he would let me ride his horse as a little boy and wear his hat. And when he passed away, it made me realize it's, it's what we call in recovery an inciting instant. 
I realize there's something wrong with the world, that things are not as they're supposed to be when this hero of mine passed away when I was just a kid. So I want to ask you today, who are you mourning? Because we've all lost people over the past couple of years, haven't we? Um, you know, we lost uh, my wife's dad, Jeannie's dad, my father-in-law, and that was a big blow to our family. And I know that you guys are mourning the losses of people too. I know some people in our church who have lost their kids, have lost grandparents, moms, dads, brothers, sisters. But another type of mourning we're looking at today is what I'm going to call pre-mourning. You know what I mean by pre-mourning? Is that some of you have relatives or friends that are terminal. Maybe they're, in even, they're even in hospice right now. And even though they're still alive, you're dealing with mourning an inevitable loss that's coming. And you know that it's coming. Another type of mourning is the way things used to be. Anybody mourning the loss of the way things used to be? Some of us are mourning what America used to be like. Some of us are mourning the reality of the world pre-pandemic. Some of us are mourning other things that are not related to current events so much, you know, but like our, I know that some of us are mourning like the loss of our kids because we're getting to be empty nesters, some of us. And you know how like you're, when your kids are little, they think you hung the moon and you love having them around and they love being around you. And then they get to be teenagers and they think you're a complete idiot, right? Uh, and that, so, you know, you mourn the loss of when your kids were little and they thought you were cool. And they think you're an idiot now, but when they're teenagers, but when they get in their 20s and have to pay bills, they'll think you're a little bit smarter, maybe. Uh, but a lot of us are mourning losses like that. Some of you are mourning the loss of the way things used to be in your job because you had a job and you lost that job and you liked that job, but you lost that job. And now you're mourning the loss of that job and moving into a new phase of your life. Now, don't forget the so-called insignificant losses. Let me tell you what I mean by that. Some of you have lost pets, and to some, that sounds insignificant, but to you, it's not insignificant. And can, I, can we just get real honest here today and admit that there are some times where you feel worse when you lose a pet than you do when you lose certain relatives. You're like, dude, I'd rather have my dog than that uncle, okay, right? Just so uh, if we just get real honest about that, but sometimes people would make you think it's an insignificant loss, but it's not insignificant to you. Like you miss when you were younger and your health or your younger skin or you, the things you could do physically when you were younger. You miss high school. Some of you just graduated. You're moving on and you're, you're, you're going on to college or some of you got out of high school and you're going into the workforce and now you're starting to adult, you know, and you're mourning the loss of when you were an innocent kid. You could just live at home and mom did your laundry and there were a few good home cooked meals around, you know, you're mourning the loss of the way things used to be. And it's not an insignificant loss. No loss is insignificant. They all have to be mourned. You got to understand that grieving is not an interruption. It's a transformation of your lives. It's not a waste of time. You don't just get over it. See, so look at how Solomon acknowledged the importance of grieving and mourning in Ecclesiastes chapter three. We'll look at verses one and four. He says, for everything, there is a season, a time for every activity under heaven. And look at this next part, a time to cry 
and a time to laugh, a time to grieve, and a time to dance. So did you notice that crying happens first, and then you laugh? Did you notice that, uh, you know, in this passage, that it's like grieving happens first, and then you're dancing? So your dancing is more authentic when you've grieved first. So you can't skip the step. And so the one idea I want to submit to you today by way of transforming ideas is simply this. Lean in to your loss. Lean in to your loss. And I'm going to have you say that transforming idea to someone who's sitting next to you, if you don't mind. And when you say it, lean in physically, if you will. Perhaps that'll help you remember it. You ready to do this thing? Here we go. Tell them, lean in to your loss. Let's try it again. Someone got left out. Make sure nobody's left out. Here we go. Ready? Lean in to your loss. Good. Lean in to your loss. Because we know that if you try and just get over it, you never will, will you? Now, no doubt, a lot of you have probably heard of Elizabeth Kubler-Ross's five stage of mourning, right? You've heard people talk about, you know, there's denial, there's anger, then you're bargaining, there's a depression phase, and then you finally get to a place of acceptance. Well, we're going to see all these phases in the scriptures that we're going to study today because the Bible is filled with a lot of mourning of loss, and we're basically going to change channels in our minds back and forth between the Psalms of David and a little obscure book in the Old Testament called Lamentations. Most people never, ever read Lamentations, but we're going to read several passages from that little book. And the reason that Psalms is so important is that it's these memoirs or these writings, a lot of it is King David. And David is a guy that knew loss, you know? You know why he was so good at loss? Because he lost a baby when he was, you know, a king. And then some years later, he lost an adult son to death. Just losing one child is traumatic. He lost two. So he knows a thing about thing or two about death. That's probably why the Psalms have helped more people get through grief and loss than perhaps any other body of literature in the history of the world. But look at the first thing that we do when we work through our loss, when we mourn loss. Number one, pay attention to the pain. Pay attention to the pain. Look, in your physical body, when you have a pain in your body somewhere, you pay attention to it and you go to the doctor and get help for that pain wherever it is. And the same is true of our emotions and our souls is that when we have a pain there, there's a reason that it's happening and we have to pay attention to that pain. We lean into it. And what the Bible writers would do and the Hebrew people would do is they would lament. Now, I don't usually use the word lament. So basically what it means is it's a passionate expression of grief. Lamenting is a passionate expression of grief. And the ancient Hebrews did it in a very physical way. You know what they would do when they were mourning a loss? They would put ashes on their head and ashes come from a fire where something got burned or destroyed, right? So the ashes represent ruin. And then they would wear sackcloth. You know what sackcloth is? Burlap. Burlap. Can I ask a question? Don't raise your hand on this, please. 
But is anybody wearing burlap underwear today? Anybody wearing burlap underwear? Okay. Uh, no, you're not. And there's a reason that you're not. Because when we wear our underwear, we like like soft cotton or something silky. You know what I'm saying? So, something that's comfortable. Woo, right? <laughs> so the ancient Hebrews would wear burlap because it was itchy. It was uncomfortable. And it was an outer display of how their emotions were feeling when they encountered loss. Last week, uh, our Kid City leader, Michelle Cook, she text messaged a group of our staff this little post that was going around the internet where if you're having a bad day, you could call this phone number on the post and these little elementary school kids would give you advice on how to have a better day. And so Pastor Lee called the number. And when he called the number, you know what the kid told him? He said, if you're having a bad day, just yell into a pillow. And I thought, you know, that's not bad. That's not a bad idea. Because it's doing something physically to mourn your loss. So if you see one of our staff members running around the church yelling into a pillow, just pray for them, right? Uh, they've got something going wrong. And that's what the burlap and the ashes were all about. But look at how honest you get when you're lamenting from Lamentations 1, 2 says the city, she sobs through the night. Tears stream down her cheeks. Among all her lovers, there is no one left to comfort her. All her friends have betrayed her and become her enemies. You see the tears. And you know, you ever feel the tears coming on? And you buck up and hold back so that they don't come? Well, when you're mourning, when you're leaning into the pain, you have to allow the tears to come. Look at this next passage, Lamentations chapter 2, verse 11. says, I've cried until the tears no longer come. My heart is broken. My spirit is poured out in agony as I see the desperate plight of my people. You see what's going on there? You got a person lamenting, leaning in to the pain, allowing the tears to come, not bucking up or you know, powering up to hold it back, but allowing the tears to flow so much so that this person has cried all their tears out. Have you ever done that? You ever been mourning so much and crying so much that you feel like your tear ducts are dry heaving? That's when you know you're mourning. See, you're paying attention to the pain. You know, one of the physical things that has helped me the most when I've gone through mourning is I created something called a loss inventory. And a loss inventory is not complicated. It's a real simple thing to do. I just took a piece of notebook paper and I drew a line down the middle, just a vertical line down the middle of the page. And on one side of the page, I wrote who I lost or what I lost, the thing that I miss, you know, the way things used to be. And then on the other column, I wrote how it made me feel that I lost that person or I lost that thing. And I didn't just check off a box like this made my feel done. But I leaned into the pain of it once I saw it there. And sometimes we have to name it and name how it makes us feel in order to mourn the loss appropriately. But if we, if we pay attention to the pain, we got to understand we can't expect to immediately feel better. And look, I know some of the losses that you guys have encountered over the past couple of years are painful. And I wish I could wave a magic wand and you'd all feel better right now today. But I think we all know it doesn't work that way, does it? And that's what leads us to number two. 
is that it, we wait in the confusing in between. We have to wait, patiently wait during the painful time of what's called the confusing in between. You say, well, what do you mean by that? Well, if you go to the Psalms, there's this theologian, brilliant guy, one of those influential Old Testament theologians alive currently. His name's Walter Bergerman. And he says that the Psalms can be categorized in three ways. Number one, orientation. That means in orientation, everything's normal. Then the second phase of the Psalms is disorientation. That's when everything gets jacked up. When something happens that jacks you up, makes you feel bad. Number three is reorientation, where reality returns to normal for you. Even though you've had a loss, at least you return to some semblance of normalcy in your life. And the illustration that he would give would be like when the disciples saw Jesus die on the cross. See, everything was normal. Jesus was doing miracles. Everything was good. But then disorientation happened when Jesus died on the cross. The movement was dead. Their Savior, their Lord was dead for, for three days, right? Then on Sunday, he rose again from the dead and reorientation happened. Things returned to the way they were supposed to be. But what you got to focus on is that second phase, disorientation. That is the confusing in between. Have you ever been there where it felt like God was dead? where you felt like God couldn't hear you. That's the confusing in between. Look at how Jeremiah describes it in Lamentations chapter 3, verse 44. And see if you've ever felt this way. God, you've hidden yourself in the clouds so our prayers cannot reach you. You've discarded us as refuse, garbage among the nations. Have you ever felt like that? It's like, God, I'm talking and I just have no reason to believe that you're hearing my prayers. And God, I feel discarded like yesterday's trash right now. And I'm, I'm reaching out for you. I'm calling for you, but you don't seem to be answering for me. He lets God have it here. Look at Psalm 77, 8. Questions God here. Has his unfailing love vanished forever? Has his promise failed for all time? Has God forgotten to be merciful? See, when you're in the confusing in-between phase, you're having to let God have it because it feels like he's beyond our solar system. You're praying. You don't hear anything back. You're seeking God. You want to return to normal, but it's not yet normal, and you still feel discombobulated and jacked up. That's the confusing in-between. And like I said, I wish I could just make it all go away, but I can't. That wouldn't be real. If you want to get on the other side of it, you have to just sit still and feel the pain. You have to lean into your pain. And one of the things I understand is why a lot of people commit crazy sins and do dysfunctional things during the confusing in between, because it hurts so bad. All you want is for the pain to stop, right? I get that. But let's sit patiently and feel the pain. Don't numb it. And over time, it'll go away. And if we're willing to appropriately mourn, we can get to phase number three, where we allow the old to birth the new. Allow the old reality to birth something new. So it's like this. If you graduated from high school, 
You might miss your high school days. Maybe it was the glory days of your life. It was the awkward days of my life, but it was glory days for you. And you graduate from high school. And now it births your new college career. See, or you got out of college and now it births your new career, your new life. See, but there are some birthings of the new that don't always feel so good. And that's the case with a guy named Jerry Sitzer. Jerry Sitzer and his family were in a head-on collision. They were in a car wreck. And in a moment, he lost three generations. He lost his mom, who was in the car, his wife, and his four-year-old daughter, like that, dead, gone. And then to make matters worse, the drunk driver who hit them head-on in court got off on a technicality because it couldn't be proven beyond a shadow of a doubt that he was driving the car and not his pregnant wife who died in the crash. See? So Jerry Sitzer knows a thing or two about loss, and he wrote a book about it called A Grace Disguised, How the Soul Grows Through Loss. And here's what he said. Catastrophic loss, by definition, precludes recovery. It will transform us or destroy us, but it will never leave us the same. There's no going back to the past. It is not therefore true that we become less through loss unless we allow loss to make us less. Loss can also make us more. Look at this next part. I did not get over my loved ones. Rather, I absorbed the loss into my life until it became a part of who I am. However painful, sorrow is good for the soul. The soul is elastic like a balloon. It can grow larger through suffering. See, if you let it. So suffering and mourning can make you more patient when you have, where you have a better ability to wait on the Lord. Suffering and mourning can liberate you from the tyranny of having to impress other people. Mourning can cause you to be characterized by greater humility, brokenness. It softens you in order to be more approachable to other people. Mourning also gives you this vivid new appreciation of the sacredness of life. It makes you appreciate the small things like the leaves falling from the trees and the new seasons, the spring that's in the air, the blue bonnets that are blooming out in the fields. Morning gives you fewer fears. Morning gives you a greater appreciation for heaven since we're just passing through this life. Morning increases your kindness and compassion to the poor, the wounded, the marginalized, and those who are broken, right? If you'll allow your mourning, your brokenness to make you more. I like the way Pete Scazzaro says it. The degree to which we grieve our losses is the degree to which we are compassionate. So let's review real quick. Check back in with me. Pay attention to the pain. If you want to mourn, you got to pay attention to the pain. You got to wait in the confusing in between. And then you can allow the old to birth the new. And so we're going to do a little exercise together in order to mourn together. I want you to remember the different types of losses. And as you look at the list again of the different types of losses, I want you to think about what you've lost. Think about the person that you lost. 
think about the reality of the past that you lost. And what we're going to do is you, when you came in today, you received one of those white magnets. You're going to write something on that magnet and stick it on the front of the stage. We have a few up here on the stage. We have some Sharpie markers up here. We also have some at the sound booth and upstairs. And those of you online can post online. But here's what I want you to think about to write on your magnet, if you so choose. Write the name of the person that you lost over the past couple of years that you're mourning. That's, who, that's what it is for some. Some of you are pre-mourning someone. Write that person's name. Others of you are mourning the way things used to be, you know? And don't forget to include those so-called insignificant losses. Maybe you would write on there like the, the, the way you felt when you weren't divorced before the divorce, the way you miss how the family was together. Maybe you miss the innocence you felt before the abuse. Maybe you miss the old job or the reality prior to COVID. But you think about who or what you miss and write it on the post-it or the little magnet and stick it on the stage. And here's what we're going to do with those. We're going to pray over all of them, our prayer team, and then we're going to videotape all of them. And we're going to show all those names that we're all mourning together on the screen at Sunset Station or the ESPY over here where we're going to have our Easter services. And as we look at all those names that are going to be on that big screen, then we're going to transition from mourning to hope in our resurrected Jesus. And the good thing about being a part of the tribe is that you don't have to mourn alone, that there are others who are with you in the midst of it. And we don't worship a savior that's dead, but one who has risen from the dead. So would you guys go ahead and stand with me and uh, bring your magnets and write the names or whatever you're mourning and stick it on the stage as we sing together. It's hard. 
so proud of so many of you because I know that was a hard exercise for some of you to do to remember what you've lost or who you've lost and I really don't have any special words that are gonna make it all better but I do have some words from the scriptures that I believe will be encouraging to you look at them with me Psalm chapter 56 verse 8 God you keep track of all my sorrows you've collected all my tears in your bottle and look all the tears that you're crying now and all the tears that you've cried over the morning of the loss of the people that you've lost or the things that you've lost he's collected those tears in a bottle especially yours because your tears are so precious to him now look at psalm 30 verse 5 where it says weeping may last through the night but joy comes in the morning And I want you to know as much as the tears are flowing right now or at some point in your life, the morning will come. And I love how Jeremiah lays it out in Lamentations chapter 3, verse 19. Look at what he says. The thought of my suffering and homelessness is bitter beyond words. I will never forget this awful time as I grieve over my loss, yet I still dare to hope when I remember this. The faithful love of the Lord never ends. His mercies never cease. Great is his faithfulness. His mercies begin afresh each morning. I say to myself, the Lord is my inheritance. Therefore, I will hope in him. The Lord is good to those who depend on him, to those who search for him. So how about we do a breathing meditation on the truth of that passage real quick. Basically what we'll do is we'll say out loud, I grieve my loss, we'll inhale. And then we'll say, I hope in Jesus out loud and exhale. You ready to do it? Here we go. I grieve my loss. I hope in Jesus. Again, I grieve my loss. I hope in Jesus. One more time. I grieve my loss. I hope in Jesus. Let's bow for prayer. God, we come before you now and we ask you to carry us through the confusing in between to experience the birth of that which is new. And God, some of us feel like 
you're not even in the solar system right now. And we ask you for your nearness. Others of us are feeling near for the first time in a long time. And still others didn't know that you cared so much. We thought you were mean-spirited, some. And it's like you're drawing people to yourself for the first time. If that describes you, if you've never had a relationship with God and you want one today, just talk to him in your own heart. And maybe you'd want to say something like this, just like a lot of people have said to him, just in your own heart, say to God, look, I know I've sinned and screwed some stuff up, God. I know it. But God, right now, I'm making a choice to believe. I believe Jesus died on that cross to pay for my sin. He was my substitute. And he rose again from the dead to give me a new life. Welcome into my life. So, Father, thank you for all the good things you're doing in our hearts today and giving us hope. And we thank you for all this in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Everyone said, amen, amen. Well, as we wrap up today, I just want to remind you that our prayer leaders are going to be outside as well as the bereavement team if you want someone to listen to you for a little bit today. Also, next week, we're going to be studying burnout and its effect on us. And so perhaps that'd be helpful for you. So let's go ahead and stand up together and receive the benediction. And if you're comfortable to do so, if you'd like, put your hand on someone's shoulder next to you. If you don't want anyone touching you, just give them the hand like this and say, dude, I'm not ready for that just yet. But if you're okay, put a hand on shoulder next to someone as I speak these words over you. Dear brothers and sisters, walk from here paying close attention to your pain. Walk from here patiently waiting during this confusing in-between time and go from here and allow the old to birth that which is new. So go from here in the new. You guys have an amazing Sunday, and we'll see you next time. We're glad you were a part of the tribe today. To further connect with us, check the City Tribe YouTube channel, iTunes, SoundCloud, Instagram, Facebook, or our website, citytribe.church. May you go from this podcast knowing that you are loved.